We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tom Mornings and great sports talk all day. This is KFH Wichita, always live on the free Odyssey app. Hey, Wichita, it's Jacob Albrock. Stay right there for the latest breaking in sports talk. It's Sports Daily coming up next exclusively on 97.5 and 1240 KFH. I'm Taylor Vishotti with NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The big question for the Chiefs heading into their AFC title match against the Bengals, the health of Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes suffered a high ankle sprain in that win over the Jaguars. But good news for Chiefs Kingdom, Mahomes vowed, I'll be good to go for next week's AFC title game. Head coach Andy Reid says that Mahomes is absolutely going to play, adding that he's worked hard on the treatment and is doing okay. Cowboys running back Tony Pollard suffered a high ankle sprain and a broken fibula in yesterday's loss at the 49ers. Pollard faces a roughly three-month recovery period. And Sean Payton has been a busy man. NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport says his latest head coach interview was with the Panthers on Monday. Rappaport also reporting the Cardinals are interviewing former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores for their vacant head coaching position. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. They say they'll get your biggest tax refund. Jackson Hewitt says your biggest tax refund guaranteed and a chance to double your tax refund. Thousands in weekly prizes during the Double Your Refund sweepstakes. Your biggest refund times two, twice the money. So forget about them. File your taxes on the double at Jackson Hewitt today. No purchase necessary to enter or win. Open to U.S. residents 18 or older who file a 2022 federal tax return. Promotion ends 4223. Visit jacksonhewitt.com for rules. Hi, this is Joe Cordell with the law firm Cordell & Cordell. When the prospect of divorce becomes a reality, you need a partner that you can count on. If you're a man in this situation, consider contacting Cordell & Cordell. We've helped men navigate complex legal matters for 30 years. Contact the domestic litigation firm of Cordell & Cordell to schedule an appointment with one of our firm's Wichita area attorneys, a partner men can count on. Office in downtown Wichita. Online at CordellCordell.com. That's CordellCordell.com. Jacob Albrocht, Tommy Castor. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Welcome in everybody, Sports Daily. Right here on KFH, Jake Malbrock, Tommy Castor taking you for the next two hours through the world of sports. Chad Chambers producing for us. 869-1240 is your number to call. You can always reach out to us on social media. Uh, We'll have a giveaway a little bit later. Get you some hockey, some iced tea for free on us. 
so we'll do that in just a little while. Glad to be here on this Tuesday edition. A Tuesday edition where we have some uneasy fans out there for the Kansas Jayhawks. A Tuesday edition where it's a K-State basketball game night. And a Tuesday edition where we catch up with executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. That's coming up at the top of the next hour as we do each and every Tuesday, getting you ready for yet another AFC Championship game at Arrowhead Stadium. Good morning, Tommy. How are you? Uh, You know, I would be a little bit better if the outcome last night for the KU game was different. But here we are on a Tuesday morning reacting to the third straight loss for the Kansas Jayhawks, only I think it's the fourth time ever in the Bill Self era that the Jayhawks have lost three games in a row. Um, so it doesn't happen very often, but when it does, it gets everybody talking. When we keep the word panic in perspective, I think it is fine to panic right now. What do I mean by panic? Winning the Big 12. I think it's okay to panic on winning the Big 12 because... You know, the hole in a very competitive league now gets a little daunting. But we've seen this before with KU, where you think, gosh, they won. I mean, they're, you know, they're sitting there now and they got all these games to make up and, and they do it. So I, I don't think it's time to panic, but I think it's time to refocus. And I think the refocus now, Tommy, is solving things between now and March and focusing on the postseason and you know, whatever happens in the Big 12 is fine, but uh, it's can this team still win a bunch of tournament games? And I still maintain that I think that they can because typically they have good guard play at the surface. And we'll dig very much into last night's game here off the top. But just at the surface, Tommy, as I'm watching that game play out, we all focus on the bigs. Offensive rebounds were... As frustrating as ever last night, the amount they gave up. Uh, They gave up 17 offensive rebounds to Baylor, which absolutely cost them the game. There's no question about that. But I'm beginning to wonder about the health or or whatever it is for Dewan Harris. He's really struggled the last few games, and as he's struggled, the whole team has really struggled, seemingly. And I'm not so sure... His importance on this team hasn't been magnified over the last few weeks because they're parallel between not playing good basketball and him having his worst stretch of the season to me is starting to to really stick out. I think you're right, and he really hasn't been the same since uh, he hit his head in the K-State game uh, a week ago. Um, Looked off when he returned to that game. Looked really bad against TCU over the weekend. And then looked bad last night against Baylor. It's been a a really quick turnaround for these Jayhawks. I mean, they've played three games in six days uh, against top tier opponents, and you know had to go on the road uh, last night in Waco. They were on the road in Manhattan, uh, and I would imagine that the team is pretty tired, especially when you don't have a very deep bench and you're requiring your starters to play a ton of minutes. And Dewan Harris left the game in Manhattan a week ago. Um, you can tell he's dragging. You can tell that he's not quite 100% healthy uh, at this point. And so, yeah, that is absolutely concerning because he's turning the ball over at a clip that we're not really accustomed to seeing him uh, do. And and really, he'd been praised 
early this season about his abilities to not turn the ball over, his abilities to always find uh, the, the good pass or the extra pass uh, and be really, really protective of the basketball. He hasn't done that in the last couple of games. So I think that when he is, you know, your guy that you are counting on to be able to uh, run the plays and be kind of that general on the court and not turn the ball over, but yet he's doing that. Yeah, it's absolutely going to be magnified. I think what's concerning for me from the game last night is that um, both Jalen Wilson and Grady Dick had really good games. So you're getting really good offensive play from the wings. And Grady Dick was able to hit a couple of threes. He had been ice cold as of late, but he was able to hit a couple of threes. And then Baylor, they forced him to also drive to the rim, which he was able to do. Uh, and he was able to get some buckets there in tight. So they both played really well, and the Jayhawks still lost. And so we have been asking the question for a while, who is going to consistently be able to score outside of Jalen Wilson? And Wilson shot the ball well, 10-16 from the field. He finished with 23 points. That's great. And we have been wondering who was going to score outside of him. It was Grady Dick, and it still wasn't enough. So I think when you look at that, yeah, of course, there's absolutely room to be, I think, concerned on the, the low end and panicking on the high end. Yeah, you know, it's um, the interesting thing about that to me is Grady Dick got in foul trouble in the first half. So on a Grady Dick night where he was effective, he didn't play a large portion of that first half. That's a problem. Getting into foul trouble continues to be a problem for this team. It was good MJ to see, Wright. though, that he was able to come back in and play for quite a totally. bit in the end of the first half. But like, if it's I was a concerned night... that he was going to sit down and be auto-pitched for the entire first half. Yep, and they had to let him play through it because they had to have him. But, you know, I, I wonder if he doesn't get into foul trouble, and it is a night that he's feeling it, if that doesn't, you know, impact the outcome of the game. They're not, you know, MJ Rice isn't there yet. For whatever reason, He's. I feel like he's going to have to be the guy that gives them offense if Wilson and Dick get into any sort of foul trouble. Um, but but it's like not even close to being there right now. So those guys just can't get into foul trouble. Like you just can't do that. And you know the bigs were a problem. And here's the thing about panic: the bigs were a problem because of all the offensive boards for Baylor, and that's you know that's Baylor's mo. That's what they do. And Flo Thamba was a beast. But that's not going to get better. That's not going to solve itself, I don't think, for this team. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think Dewan Harris's play should get better. So, you know, levels of panic. And, and that's what I mean about, like, refocusing to the end of the year. I think Dewan Harris's play will get better. And, and that part of it will naturally correct itself. KU just He's has to get figure healthy. Right. Exactly. I mean, he, he just doesn't look all the way there right now but they you know the the bigs aren't going to all of a sudden just appear I, maybe some of the young guys can step up and be more of a factor but i doubt it because really the the reality is like okay if you think one of those other guys is going to step up right and last night it was you day the only one who really got any minutes at all who who's going to sit down when they come in if if you have your way right you don't want to sit kj adams down is it kevin mcculler who at times, even though he's been off, is still typically really good defensively. Like so that you know, that's the that's a little bit of the problem. And and McCuller was better last night than he had been. Uh that's the thing the about free- Kevin McCuller is that, you know, he he there are periods of time where he looks really bad. 
And then you look at his stat line. He had a double-double last night, 14 points and 12 boards. And you're like, where did that come from? Because I just remember being frustrated with him you know, throughout the entire game. And again, I look at the, the stats afterwards and, oh, by the way, he's got a double-double. So I think that's what's concerning also is that, yeah, Jalen Wilson shot the ball well. Grady Dick shot the ball well. Kevin McCuller had a double-double. It still wasn't enough. He got to the free-throw line, which they needed desperately last night. Um, he hasn't been shooting it well, man. He was get, he was he was big on the boards. He's usually pretty good defensively, and he got to the free throw line. So he actually, I thought last night was a stabilizer for them, um, it, which which is great to see because that's what they need him to be. I, I just don't know. Like I guess where I'm, you know, sitting with Ku and and just trying to figure things out a little bit is, you know, where do we expect them to be? Because them not winning the Big Twelve to me this year with as good as the Big 12 appears to be, honestly, is not that big a deal, right? The real question becomes, can they defend a national championship? And I think the answer is still yes. I think I think it is, right? TCU got them. TCU shot the lights out. Baylor shot the lights out for a half, but what happened when Baylor cooled a little bit in the second half? KU played really well. If KU rebounds the ball better last night, they win. Um, so... I think that the answer is still yes. I think that you've got, again, for my money, and people that listen to the show know I feel this way, the best coach in America, getting a group of guys to the point they need to be. I think they're going to need a little more depth, but I don't know that they're going to need a little more depth. But the problem is they keep getting into foul trouble. And and other teams are doing that on purpose. You know they're attacking. I mean, of course, if I was the opposing coach, the first thing I'd do, all right, let's get after it and see if we can't get these guys in foul trouble because we know they're in big trouble if that happens. But, yeah, I, th- I I could totally still see this team in a tournament setting making a run. And ultimately, that's what it's going to all be about. Yeah, KU fans want to see him win the Big 12. Sure they do. But, you know, is it really that disappointing if K-State or Texas or Iowa State or Baylor or TCU wins the Big 12 and KU doesn't this year? Isn't it more important to see what this team is capable of in the tournament than it is what it's capable of in the Big 12. And I know that, you know, winning Big 12s, I, I agree that winning Big 12 turn, uh, seasons matters. But for this team, I almost think, like, you push that to the side a little bit and and look at the big picture on can this team defend its national championship? Because I think that now becomes the question that everybody probably wants the answer to. Well, I think that if you're going to have trouble winning the Big 12, you're probably going to have trouble defending your national championship. I mean, that just kind of seems to be a given. Um, I'm not confident that they are going to win the Big 12 at this moment right now, and I'm not confident that they can defend their national championship. Uh, I I think that what we've learned, now, of course, keep in mind, the Big 12 is a juggernaut. We've known that for a while, right? But we also know that it seems like teams have developed a little bit of a blueprint to be able to beat the Jayhawks. And you mentioned some of those some of those points just a minute ago. Go after them, try to get them in foul trouble um, because they don't have a bench that has been developed. Um, that was a point of contention for a lot of folks back in the non-conference when they were wondering why there weren't some of these other players getting extended minutes so they would be ready to go for conference play. Uh, that didn't really seem to be a big point of emphasis. Um I think that's part of it is, you know, force them to go to their bench with unproven and untested players. Uh, that's part of it. I also think that we've seen teams 
shoot the lights out against Kansas. And I think that's for a variety of reasons. First off, um, I think that it is fair to say that the Jayhawks get everybody's best shot. That's the way it is every single year. And teams tend to shoot pretty well against the Jayhawks. And I've seen all these hot takes on Twitter of people saying, of course, you know, you've got these, whoever it is. Last night it was LJ Cryer, who I think the night before, the game before, was like 2 of 11 from 3, and he was just lighting up the Jayhawks from the perimeter. And all these takes about, oh, of course, it's when they play Kansas that, you know, they make all these shots. Okay, well, also, maybe Kansas just isn't very good at defending the three-point shot. And that's been a problem for a while for them. And I'm not even talking about this particular team. I can think of years past where they've not defended the three ball very well whatsoever. So that could be part of it too. But I think that teams are developing a strategy to be able to combat the Jayhawks when you've got big athletic players that you can get the ball down in the post and then try to force guys like KJ Adams into foul trouble. That's going to lead to a lot of success. So if that's the blueprint, what can the Jayhawks do to combat that? And if they don't have an answer, then number one, they're absolutely not defending their national championship. You can kiss that that dream goodbye, but they're probably going to finish somewhere in the middle of the pack of the Big 12. And But don't you think that KU defending the three is going to be something that gets solved between now and then? I, I do. Bill Self teams typically get really good defensively by the end of the year. I mean, that's kind of, that's that that's the thing, right? Like they always get better defensively down the stretch. Now, a big part of them getting better defensively this year is rebounding the basketball. Do we consider that defense? Uh, they're going to have to be better def- defensive rebounding because, you know, a lot of the time, and Jay Bill has pointed this out, and, and, and we all thought the same thing, I think, like, Man, they're get, they're forcing Baylor into some bad shots, but Baylor just keeps getting opportunity after opportunity after opportunity. I mean, those offensive rebounds. I asked this last night, Tom. Is there anything more frustrating than your team giving up offensive rebounds? Like in all of sports, it's one of the most frustrating things to watch because you feel like your team's defending well, right? And then offensive rebounds happen, and it, we've seen it with the Shockers. For the last yeah. couple of years, right? They play great defense and then they give up an offensive rebound and all that great defense goes right out the window. So we well, saw a lot that of that they, last night. Yeah, I thought that they adjusted well in the second half and defended a little bit better, like on the first shot defense. Uh, but but there were multiple plays where, you know, Baylor missed the shot and then just went up and snatched the rebound. I mean, it wasn't even like a, a battle. Like and a lot of times it was Flo Thamba and, and, you know, a couple of other players that were just jumping up and just taking it away. And you know what I equated that to a lot? Maybe not all the way, but I equated that somewhat to tired legs. I think that they, they're they just tired. They're worn out. And Could be. When you get when you get to, you know, your starters playing almost 40 minutes for three games in a row in six days, you're going to have some tired legs. And so it's not an excuse. I just think that that's kind of what I was seeing down the stretch in that game. But, of course, absolutely frustrating especially when you've battled back, you've cut the lead down at one point in the second half, the Jayhawks took the lead very briefly, and then Baylor got it right back on a 6-0 run. Uh, and it was the offensive rebounds that put the game away for Baylor. Yeah, it's... Um, it, 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 I, I think for for Grady Dick, too, like the next evolution of his game is going to be rebounding the basketball. There are a few times where he, you know, he didn't have the best position because he's got some size and athleticism. He's going to be a better rebounder, I think. Be real handy if that happened right now. Um, because, it, you know, it, they don't have traditional size, 
But McCuller and Wilson and Dick, for the positions they play, have plenty of size, right? If those guys can rebound a little bit and you just can get it even, like, are they ever going to dominate the boards? No, they're not. No. But but can they get better than they were last night? Of course they can. I mean, they were really, really bad last night at that. And I didn't listen to Bill Self's postgame. I would imagine he probably leaned in pretty hard on the <laughs> on the defensive rebounding. Uh, but we'll see. Again, level of panic, I don't know. I, I think you just refocus a little bit. Well, I think that there is a little bit of a level of panic that is rising uh, solely based on the fact that your very next game on Saturday is against Oscar Shibway. Well, yeah, and, I mean, you know, he's he's the best rebounder in America, uh, and so I mean, I don't know, is he going to pull down thirty rebounds, thirty five? I mean, like it, now, of course, the Jayhawks are going to get a little bit of time to to rest up. They've got you know until Saturday to get ready for it, but that is a point of concern. Kentucky's not a a great team by any means, but they've got the best rebounder in the country. Well, and they got talented players. And and honestly, for me, like I know that concerns everybody. It's the perfect opponent for KU to me. And maybe they don't win the game, don't really care. Again, if we're refocusing and 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 looking at the tournament and their chances to repeat, then they're going to have to figure out in quick order how to play around something like that. They won't be able to defend him one-on-one. They're going to have to figure out a way to keep him off the glass. Right now, those are some issues. Great. Yeah. Put him right smack on the table and say, go figure it out. Because remember... They beat Duke. There's not a team in the country that has more size than Duke, right? Like, so just remember, refocus, like, just switch it up. Whatever they got to do, you you will not face a better big man than you will on Saturday against Kentucky. So go get it right now. Yeah, Bill Self has never lost four games in a row uh, during his time at Kansas in the last 20 years. The last time the Jayhawks lost four games in a row— Roy Williams' very first year in 1989, they actually lost eight in a row uh, hmm. that year. So it's been a long time since uh, the Jayhawks have been in this position. So if uh, Bill Self and the team, if they want to avoid being the first team to lose four in a row, they've got to take down Oscar Shibway in Kentucky this weekend. Yikes. Here we go. All right. So there's that, KU fans. React 869-1240. Uh, we'll get to the K-State game tonight. It's a huge huge game maybe the game of the week in Ames against Iowa State uh we'll talk about that one in our second hour up next Tom Brady uh has some thoughts on his future and he gives them to his his best pal Jim Gray yesterday in a podcast give you a chance during the commercial break here if you want to look that up we'll talk about it next on Sports Daily Phone call is welcome. 869-1240. Sports Daily on 97.5 and 1240. KFH. Wichita's number one sports talk radio. When you grow up. Alright, welcome back everybody. Sports Daily on KFH. Get along with you on a Tuesday. Uh, all right. So Tom Brady and Jim Gray have had a long-standing relationship. Jim Gray has interviewed Tom Brady in a lot of big moments. They were always on Westwood One with interviews before and after big games. They do a podcast together with Larry Fitzgerald. And Jim Gray asked a tough question to Tom Brady on that Let's Go podcast. Jad has the audio here. Let's listen in. 
Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. I think that rubbed some people the wrong way. Um, I'm not sure it rubbed me the wrong way. I appreciate Jim Gray, who I think at times over the years has been has taken some heat for not asking tough questions to Tom Brady. But every time I listen to him, he gets to him typically. He simply asked the question, like he said, that everybody wants to know. And Tom Brady, it doesn't sound like knows the answer. And he's probably irked already, which is interesting, with this hanging over his head. But I, I, I think I understand the frustration a little bit after everything that's gone on over the last 12 months. And I think probably it's a pretty honest answer. And I think stuff like that from a guy who almost never gives us anything when you listen to him speak publicly like that. It was a moment that, that I have no problem with. And, and when all of it's done, when he is done, man, I'm going to miss him playing in the league, and I think he's going to be a fantastic color guy. But that didn't bother me that much, Tommy. Did it bother you? Uh, no, because it's his podcast, and he can say whatever he wants well, right. to say yeah. on his podcast. And um, I would think that the more controversial that he can be on his podcast is good for his podcast. Like, I'm sure that it increased downloads. I'm sure that it increased listens. All of that. I mean, come on. And I think that while that sounded relatively organic, I'm sure that there was a conversation between Jim Gray and Tom Brady beforehand, like, hey, I'm going to prod you into this. And I mean, come on, like it's their podcast. They're going to have, you know, that that conversation and, and, and that discussion about that. Keep in mind that it was the exact same podcast that last season, last offseason, they talked all the time about whether or not. He was going to retire, what that was going to look like when he did retire. Then he ultimately came back. They had conversations about that on the podcast. So while Tom Brady doesn't really always give you a lot in other interviews, if you want to get information out of him, it's going to be on that podcast because he ultimately controls it. 
Yeah, and and I I think I think it's honestly, I think it's pretty. I think he was being honest. Let's listen to it one more time, Jad. I I think this is real. Like I think this is a real reaction to the question that maybe maybe he didn't know was coming. Let's listen to it one more time. Tom, you're leaving everybody guessing. Uh, you said you'll take your time. Do you have any type of a timetable as to what you might want to do uh, regarding your football career? Jim, if I knew what I was going to fucking do, I'd have already fucking done it. Okay? I'm taking it a day at a time. I sense you're antagonized by the question. <laughs> you're scratching. It's I only the question scratching. that everybody wants to hear. You're scratchy. I appreciate your asking. Thank you. Yeah, that felt like maybe Tom had some expectation that that wasn't coming and Jim Gray asked it anyway, which good for Jim Gray needed to. And and he even he even sort of gave it an out. He just asked for a timetable. He didn't even ask for like, what do you think? And he just said, you know, what, what what's your timetable look like here on letting everybody know? So I, I like that. I think it's a really uh, relevant and raw reaction to it. It felt real, didn't feel forced or anything to me. So I, I, I kind of liked it. And, and it does interest me because while I think Tom Brady is definitely coming back, I mean, if it, if the fit's not right somewhere, he you know, I, I, I do suppose there is a path where he doesn't. I just have to imagine there are plenty of teams that would like to have Brady for a year. I just can't, um, I can't get behind a genuine irritated reaction from Tom Brady on this because I, uh, he knows that that's going to be the question that everybody wants an answer to. So I, I can't imagine that he genuinely would be irritated about that because it's the outside of what's going on in the playoffs right now. That's the number one story in the NFL ahead of anything else ahead of where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. And if he's going to retire, like the Tom Brady will hear, won't he? It was the top story last off season. It's going to be the top story this off season. And if you're going to go on a podcast, like it's your podcast and you're going to put yourself out there for that, you've got to expect something like that happening. And Tom Brady is um, intelligent enough to not be, I mean, come on, why would you be caught off guard by that? I just, I can't get behind a genuine irritated reaction from Tom Brady there. Because I think he he probably thought that nobody was going to ask him the question. That I mean, that's I. I then that's naive. I think that's absolutely I, it naive. is naive. It is naive, and that's why I say good for Jim Gray, and and that did allow us to get a genuine reaction, which I appreciate. It it allowed us to understand, you know what? There's some frustration here. Like, and this is going to be an interesting decision, and all like everything that goes into it. I again, I think he's going to play somewhere. I think he's going to be effective in his last year, and I think whatever happens this year is going to be his last year. But I do think it's going to be one more year. Boy, there was a there was a clip. Uh, I think I don't remember who put it out there, but I guess Brady was mic'd up for the San Francisco game, and I was watching it because it came up as I was looking up that sound last night. It also popped up, and just like him trying to get the Buccaneers guys hyped up in that Niners game where they got just smoked, and nobody was buying in. I, I think that, and I don't know how this happens or why this happens, but whatever it is with that Bucks team, like they just, because it's not like they're not talented. They're talented. It just did, like there was no chemistry. There was like, it was a weird thing happening there. So fresh start Brady one more time. I still think physically he's okay. I want to see him come back. I think he'll come back. But I do, you know, I do suppose when you hear things like that, 
yeah, there's a world where he doesn't come back. Remember, he's got like $40 million on the table to go be Fox's number one guy, um, which is pretty appealing, I would think, too. I thought about this a while back. Um, it was kind of around the time, so it would have been a little over, or right around a year ago when he retired and then unretired. Um, I almost feel like, I'm a big golf fan, and I almost feel like Tom Brady's character arc is almost following a little bit like Tiger Woods. Um, now, Tom Brady doesn't have quite the off the field, you know, personal issues that Tiger Wood did, Tiger Woods did. But think about it this way: like best talent in the sport, hands down. And there was a time where Tiger Woods was around for so long and dominant for so long that he kind of became the villain for a few years and then had that kind of redemption story. And now everybody kind of cheers for him. I'm not sure that it's quite the same way with Tom Brady, but I, I hated Tom Brady for a long time. He was so good. He was so talented. He won everything all the time. I got sick of him. He became the villain in my mind. And I wouldn't say I'm a fan of Tom Brady now, but there's a part of me that I'm kind of cheering for him. Like, I want to see just how long he can do this and perform at that high level. That being said, I don't care a lick about the the speculation about what he may do and what he might not do. If he's going to retire, what team is he going to play for? Let me know when it's done and I'll jump on board. Like the will he won't he stuff. It exhausts me. Um, so I, you just wake me up when he's got a decision made. Yeah. I, I and, and that's not, you know, you're going to see the headlines, but I, I think you can ignore it if you want to. Um, you know, the, the other thing about Brady is, and this is why, you know, I don't think this will linger. You remember how the, how the Aaron Rodgers decision a couple of years, was it last year? Just lingered and lingered and lingered and lingered. I don't think that will happen with Brady for sure. And honestly, probably not even with Rodgers because it's critical for both of those guys that teams know how to attack the offseason with them at quarterback, right? Like, if I'm a team that's taking a chance on Tom Brady, specifically, I am going to make sure that I have an offensive line in place through free agency, through the draft, whatever it takes. And if I don't have the ability to do that, I'm probably not going after Tom Brady in the first place because that will be a critical piece of that working. Tampa did it that first year. Remember, they went and they they drafted an offensive lineman. I think they brought in a free agent. Like They, they attacked pretty hard there. Same thing with Rodgers in a different way. I don't think the offensive line's probably as critical to Rodgers as you know, making sure he's got experienced receivers that know how to communicate with him on the field, whatever. But I don't think this is going to linger because I think if any team are going to, you know, take that direction with their franchises, they got to know pretty quick so they can know how to attack the offseason. Rodgers coming back to Green Bay wasn't as wasn't the same scenario. It wasn't like he was going to a new place. It was do we have Rodgers or do we not have Rodgers? Uh, but but with the with both as more true free agents, I think it'll move pretty fast. I think that brings up a really interesting question about Tom Brady specifically, not as much with Aaron Rodgers, but when you've got a 45 year old quarterback who, yeah, he's got, you know, a lot of talent still. Um, he's in top physical condition still, but he might, he's probably not the Tom Brady from several years ago and you need some help around him. We've looked at this from this, from the scenario and from the lens of what team would Tom Brady want to go to. And I think that it's fair to ask, what team would want to bring in Tom Brady and what totally. team is built what team is built the best way to bring in Tom Brady when you know 
what he's he's got a year left, maybe two. At I mean, who knows? But really, like realistically, you only know he's going year by year, and so I think that there I, we saw what the Buccaneers offensively looked like with the decimated offensive line. We saw what the team looked like when they didn't have the right supporting cast around Tom Brady. You know, it wasn't good. And so I think that that, as you're looking at what teams he might want to go to, you also have to look at what teams are built for him and what teams are in a position to say, you know what, let's bring in 45-year-old Tom Brady, knowing that we may only have him for a year, rather than, okay, let's try to put together a long-term fit at quarterback for our franchise. Absolutely. As much as teams are going to remember Tom Brady last year, they have to remember the guy that could have and should have maybe won two back-to-back MVPs and a Super Bowl. Same with Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, I, I it's hard for me to imagine because I didn't see it, and and I am not a like a talent scout, right? For the end, you know, I'm not going to pretend to be. But what my simple eyes tell me last year is that physically Brady still looked okay. He looked uncomfortable, but he looked okay, right? He didn't look washed. Peyton Manning in that last season, in which he won a Super Bowl, physically did not have it, the same that he always had. I didn't see that type of thing from either Brady or Rodgers, quite frankly. Um, And in fact, I I think there maybe was a little bit physically less from Rodgers even than there was from Brady. And I, I don't know about that, but just like to my eye, like when I watched Brady struggle, it was never like, oh man, he can't make that throw anymore. Remember the days it, when he was with the Patriots and, and they had nobody. I mean, there were times that they, they didn't have a whole lot yep. of you know guys around him. And Brady, by himself, would take the team to a Super Bowl. That's not really Tom Brady now. That's not a bad thing, but you need to have a good supporting cast around him. And so I think that's going to be crucially important for whatever team ends up landing him, assuming that he doesn't retire. Um, it, it's going to be it's going to be good. I do think it'll go fast. I think it'll go fast. All right. Uh, 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll come back. we got a giveaway coming up. Dan Israel joins us at the top of the next hour. Also in the next hour, we will look ahead to a big one in Ames, Iowa tonight. K-State, boy, you win this one, and your chances at a Big 12 title look pretty dang good at this point. We'll talk about that all coming up on the show. All Brockton Caster Sports Daily on a Tuesday. Seven five and twelve forty KFH. Tommy, why is Eli Apple like trying? to become this pro wrestling heel that just talks trash all the time. Where, where, I, like, I, I don't understand. I don't either. I don't, I mean, because he's not, he's not very good. Well, so he's certainly had his struggles. It's weird. Like I didn't, you know, he's just gonna, he's just gonna keep on chirping though. It would uh, be a lot more understandable if he was actually a good player for the Bengals, but he's not. 
Like, he's been burned so many times this season in the secondary. I'm surprised that he's still on the roster. So if he was worth his salt, okay, like, yeah, chirp all you want, I guess. But I I certainly don't get it. Uh, did you see the Burrowhead video going into Burrowhead? I did. <laughs> Chiefs are going to hate that, but, man, that was good. Uh, that was a good one. That, that, that one made me laugh. I This, this game... And we'll talk to Dan Israel about it in just a second. This game's getting the uh, this game's getting the getting the hype. It, it's going to be there. There may be a little heat here. Uh, you know, thanks Eli Apple, thanks Burrowhead, thanks all the you know refund those tickets, which that was quite silly actually because I'm pretty sure the Bengals probably sold tickets to a potential AFC Championship game at their stadium too, but. Like all of it, like all this hype, all this bulletin board material for two quarterbacks that absolutely feed off of that stuff, for two rosters that seemingly feed off of that stuff, who take things personally. Um, You've got one coach that is feeding off of that stuff. I don't know that Andy Reid does, but he's going to let his guys feed off of it. I don't know that it has struck me that this has a chance to be like an all-time great rivalry but it kind of does. And, you know, it, it'll take more than just two games in a row, right, in the playoffs. And and I know that. But this feels like it's going to become like an all-time great rivalry. And I'm starting to get on board with it. And I'm I'm really starting to, to get excited about it. I don't know if you can classify it as a rivalry until the Chiefs are able to right? win yeah, at least right. one game. I mean, right now, it's a pretty one-sided rivalry. All three matchups in the calendar year of 2022, Cincinnati won. So... Um, you know, Kansas City's got revenge on its mind for sure. But yeah, this is something that with the the youth of the Bengals and with the way Joe Burrow plays and, uh, you know, you've got a, a, a roster there that's going to that should probably be around for a while. Uh, yeah, I think that they were primed for years to come having a pretty solid rivalry. You mentioned like, um, you know, kind of having a chip on the shoulder. And uh, I'd, I'd like to get something off my chest, if I may, for just a second, that I'm kind of okay. shifting gears. We're talking about football, um, and, and so it's kind of in that, but I, I want to get something off my chest. Um, we did not mention, and you did not bring up yesterday at all, and have not yet brought up, that I was undefeated in the picks last week. I went 4-0. and I picked all four games correctly on Friday, and I'm a little bit did you irritated. Bet uh, I did. I had a four. There you go. I had a four-team parlay. I walked away with. Uh, I think I walked away with like a hundred and sixty bucks off of it because nice. I took the bet. I took the the picks that I made on the show. I bet them all in a parlay, and it worked out. So I'm a little bit disappointed that we have not yet mentioned that. Uh, good for you. Um, you know, I. It's. It's one of those where I knew that I was I, – I, I, I made it publicly available that I did not believe in the pick I made for the Cowboys. So I don't feel bad about that one. It, it, what happened is what I thought would happen. The one I was way off on was the Giants, like way off on. And, mm-hmm. and you know, that makes this week trickier because now i got to really reevaluate, like – Eagles Niners to me is really, 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 really hard to pick. Um, the Chiefs are now home underdogs. So, I mean, that becomes an easier pick because I don't know how there's any way in the world you pick against the Chiefs when they're home underdogs. Yeah, um, and any time that you've got plus money on Kansas City uh, at right. home, I mean, I think that's something that you you jump on without a doubt. I don't know if you saw this. 
Uh, but the but the uh, meteorologists in Kansas City, I think they're projecting one of, if not the coldest championship game, AFC championship game, and at least in recent history, um, it's going to be chilly in Kansas City this weekend. I think a high of like 17 or something like that around kickoff. Um, so it, I don't know. I don't know how much like the cold temperatures will play into the outcome. I think of these the are game, both good cold all, weather but, teams. I, yeah. I think they're both good cold weather teams. I, I think it will be, you know, unless there's wind or something. I, I don't. I bet it doesn't play a whole lot into it because both of these teams typically are good in that spot. I mean, we saw it with the Bengals last week. They were much better for cold weather than the Bills were. I mean, goodness gracious, that jumped so off my, the screen. Uh, my wife and I are, are going to the game on Sunday, and Ooh. we, uh, I know, and we had a conversation when I, we didn't really look at the forecast, right? We just got tickets, and thanks uh, thanks to our, our PA announcer for the Thunder, Austin Crutcher, he got four tickets, and I've got two of them, which is awesome, but we looked at the weather forecast, and we literally had a conversation. She goes, are you sure you want to go? And I yeah. said, honey, we've already we've already got the tickets. Like, it's too late now. We're not, we're not you know, staying home for this, so we'll bundle up. It'll be fine. Uh, real quick, Tommy, let's give something away here before we get into hour number two. Let's give away some Thunder tickets for win. Yeah, yeah for next Saturday uh, at Interest Bank Arena, the Rapid City Rush come into town to play the Wichita Thunder at 7.05. Got a four-pack of tickets for you for that game next Saturday night. All right, so we'll give away those tickets. We'll give away a couple of free iced tea cards for HTO here in Wichita. The winner will take that home. Jad will get our winner uh, we'll just do first caller during the break here, and then we'll get Dan Israel queued up for hour number two. This is 97.5 and 1240 KFH, K248CY Wichita, KNSSHD2 Clearwater, always live on the free Odyssey app. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.